unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome Christopher Roush. What's going on, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of the Kick-Ass Nation? It is I, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, here with another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show designed to help you move your perspectives forward, your trust, your honesty, everything else about your confidence forward. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and I'm excited to be here every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we just have a great time rolling either with myself or with a guest and just really designed to bring you the straightforward conversation that we need to have in order to raise our vibration and have a truly kick-ass life. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that's very timely, um, very, very timely, if you will, something in my nose, um, very, very timely. It's about relationships. But before we get started on that, just want to welcome you guys and appreciate you if you're new or if you're watching live or on the replay. As always, make sure that you know questions are always welcome. Questions are always welcome. We love the questions here on the Ron and Scripted Show. And tonight, there is no guest. It is just myself, me, myself, and I, ladies and gentlemen. And we are excited to be here with you. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, one of the first things I want to just uh, share with you guys, you guys know I am on the board of directors for Help Heal Humanity, helphealhumanity.org. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast. And one thing I would like to just bring to your attention right here, just for a second, is we are currently uh, hiring some positions. These are volunteer positions for helphealhumanity.org. So I just want to show you this website. If you go to www.helphealhumanity.org, you will find this webpage. And it says, do you want to volunteer? If you go up here under get involved, you can see there's get involved, but then all the way down here, there is a volunteer position. So if you have some of these technical skills. We are currently looking for a treasurer. Uh, we are looking for a human resources director. We are looking for a marketing director. We are looking for a social media assistant. And we are looking for a grant writer. And I think one more, content writer. So um, if you have any of that experience, if you want to lend your expertise to us over here at helphealhumanity.org, we would love to have you. Um, so again, go over there, check it out. If you're interested in that, or if you want to uh, have a conversation with me, please let me know. And I'd be glad to help you out with that. Uh, myself, Serena, Alex, the rest of the board members are excited. We're doing a lot of great things here in 2022 uh, now that things are starting to open back up and uh, we truly want to help heal humanity. It's one of the biggest uh, passions I have right now is just taking the conversation conversation that we are having uh, here tonight on the on the broadcast and help you guys have better communications, better relationships with uh, those in your life. You know, we're talking about relationships, we're talking about communication and whatnot. You can obviously understand that we have personal relationships, we have romantic relationships, we have friendships, we have relationships at work, we have relationships with people that in the customer service field, we have relationships everywhere. We have relationships with people who are online. And so the conversation I want to have tonight is really just to inspire you to kind of just consider, do some look inside uh, where it is that you're coming from uh, with your expectation and everything else with the relationships that you're having and provide you some tools and some resources to be able to shift your perspectives about where it is in your relationship with yourself and those people that I just uh, described and hopefully be able to bring you some value that you can implement uh, starting immediately to have more effective relationships, be able to uh, be um, a little bit more happy and find inner peace with yourself in the conversation that you're having. So any questions that you have, please go ahead and put those in the comment section. We'd love to answer those. We've got a couple of uh, questions to be, to, be, to, to be truthfully honest with you. I put out 
on social media over the last couple of days on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn asking people for their relationship uh, challenges that I would like to come here on the show and answer those uh, questions. And much to my surprise, at first I wasn't getting very many replies. And then in the last probably two hours, I got a bunch of replies. So I had to reformulate what it was that I was going to present on tonight. So please bear with me as I try to be as effective as I possibly can for everybody who's watching, uh, whether live on the replay to get the answers to those questions. So thank you guys for submitting those. I appreciate it. It helps me to be able to answer those live and also to be able to to provide value because I know if you're asking that question, there's probably a ton of other people that are asking it as well. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, one of the things I just wanna get started off with is uh, you might've seen me do this before, um, but it's really just to kind of set the foundational spot of where we're at in the conversation. And it really goes back to what is compromising our totality of our of our attitudes and our perspectives. So I just want to share this with you real quick. Um, this is something I created way, way, way back when. And so if you notice this at the very bottom, um, this is called the conditioning process. So when you go and you look at the very bottom, the conditioning process is what we have gone through from the ages of zero to five, the conditioning process actually throughout our entire life. And you know that uh, the conditioning process will um, lead to our beliefs. So you think about the different things that we went through in our childhood and all of our experiences, that conditioning process caused us to have this belief. So I believe that I'm worthy. I believe I'm not worthy. I believe I'm, I'm capable of love. I don't believe I'm capable of whatever it is, is based on the conditioning process. So that's very important as we continue the conversation tonight to really understand that your conditioning process created your beliefs and those beliefs create your attitude. And you guys know a lot that I talk about attitudes. I'm very, very um, passionate about that because our attitude is our perspective about what it is that we're going to do and how we feel. So if I have an attitude where I feel like everything is possible and I'm going to have the best relationships and I'm gonna have the best success with my goals, guess what that's gonna do? That attitude creates into my feelings, as you can see here on the on the, on the chart, the attitude creates my feelings and my feelings ultimately create my actions. So for the, the point of the conversation here tonight is I want you to really understand this because as we're going through different facets of what it is that I'm going to be sharing with you, it all comes back into this, whether it's the other person, what they, what they have experienced or what it is that you personally experienced. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight is how we can look within ourselves and really kind of take a look at this and go back to our beliefs and what are our beliefs. And, and those beliefs are based on some truths that we gave to our childhood. We gave to those experiences. So I'm going to invite you to suspend some of those beliefs that are no longer working for you and start adopting some of the stuff that I've been talking, I'm going to be talking about tonight. So um, please reference this. I hope you guys got on here early. I know we've got some people watching right now. I hope they get to see this. I may show this again for people jumping in in the, in the middle of this broadcast because it's super, super important. So again, the conditioning shapes our beliefs, our beliefs shapes our attitudes, our attitudes which shape our feelings. Feelings ultimately create our actions right? So if you have a belief that you're not worthy, then guess what? That creates your attitude and your attitude goes out there and creates your feelings, which creates your actions. So when you do that, it has a ripple effect and other people will key in on that. I just want you to make sure that you really understand that um, as we go through the conversation. So I'll leave this one here just for a, a little while in case I need to reference it back again. Darlene in the house. What's up, Darlene? She says, hey, beautiful peeps. Thank you, Darlene, for being here from the Florida coast. Appreciate you. We got Barsha in the house. Barsha, what's up? I got five stars. Yay, five stars. Thank you, Barsha. Who else is out there? Who else is out there? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? 
So, um, yeah, like I said, uh, I got a lot of feedback, a lot of questions based on relationships. So I'm going to do my very best to answer those. But what I want to do first is kind of just get into um, some nuts and bolts. So actually, for the first time, I don't know if this might be the first time, um, but I actually had to take some notes and kind of structure this. So it's a little bit raw and scripted, but it is also a little plan based on the fact that I did get these uh, these uh, questions. So appreciate you guys. Uh, Randy's in the house. He says, what's up, brother? What's up, brother? Great to have you here, Randy. Appreciate you. Kelly's in the house. What's up, Kelly Riley? She says, hey there. Glad you can make it. Appreciate you, darling. Darlin. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jacqueline's in the house. Kick-ass Jacqueline. She says, if you want to change, you must walk through the fire. It is all in your mindset. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the show. <laughs> Jacqueline just said it all. Jacqueline just said it all. So um, yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys for being here. So in looking at this and some of the notes that I had, you know, for me, for me, relationships and communication were something that I had to really focus on in my life. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about my mom. My mom was not the best people person. She was massively intelligent, book smart, but people smart. She was stupid as the day is long. So for me to be successful and for me actually to be sitting in front of this camera, I've had to do a lot of inner work on myself to be able to have effective relationships because I grew up with a parent who showed me that you don't give a shit about anybody else. You argue and you fight until the, the until the end to make sure that you're right. Uh, you don't give a shit about what people think. Uh, you don't give a shit about what people do or anything else. You're just basically a mean person. And that's what I grew up with. I saw my mom get fired from every job that she ever had. I saw her lose every relationship she ever had. I saw her push away my sister. Um, she nearly pushed me away, but uh, because I am very loyal and stubborn, I decided to stay with that situation, which is the book that I'm writing right now, talking about that, that experience. But for me, I really had to focus on what successful people did in their lives to have effective relationships. So I consider myself an expert. I've done a lot of studying. I was a relationship coach uh, quite extensively when I first started out being a coach because it was something I'm very passionate about. So I have a lot of different experience, personal coaching uh, in relationships, professional coaching relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm gonna bring you the juice today. But really for me, um, the core of it is it starts with us, right? When I started getting into relationships after being homeless and having that experience with my with my mom, one of the first relationships I got into was with my first wife, Tammy. And in that experience, I was 18 years old. I'd had dated a couple of girls, but really seriously, Tammy was my first person that I that I truly loved and was in a, in a serious committed relationship with. And there's a couple of aspects from that relationship that I want to key in on tonight that actually will help quite a few of the questions that were sent to me tonight. So I just want to share that with you. But one of the things that I found in that particular relationship is I lost myself. I was barely finding myself after being homeless and having all those different experiences, leaving my mom in that situation. 17 years old and I get out of that situation uh, and I meet this woman and she is, you know, on the other side of the track. She's got, you know, a great family, upper middle class, got a school, you know, excellent parents and everything else. And then there's me. And so the poor girl had to deal with the fact that I didn't have self-love. I didn't have trust in myself. I didn't trust anybody else. And thankfully for her, she was such an amazing soul that she taught me how to love myself. She taught me how to be in love. And it was such a great experience. But one of the aspects of that relationship that I want to key in on tonight that, that people brought up was I lost myself in that process. So I barely was starting to discover who I was, especially at 17, 18 years old. Then you go ahead and get married. Um, and that just convoluted everything because for me, I wanted nothing but love and and to find Tammy, she was so gracious and she was so generous. Um, I just thought I found the best person in the absolute world. So me being a people pleaser, I did everything I possibly could to make her happy. 
And so as a result, I sacrificed a lot of what made me happy. I sacrificed a lot of that because I didn't want to complain. I was very grateful for so many different things. But as things were happening, I found myself being more and more quiet and more and more resentful and more and more frustrated. And guess what? That leads to, that leads to bad relationships. So one of the aspects of that, again, is losing myself. And somebody had sent in a question. Let me see. Let me, did I write that one down? Um, um, what happens when you feel like you're losing your identity in a relationship? So that really what's what it was. And unfortunately, I didn't realize that until I left the marriage. Uh, we were married for about five years. And after I left the marriage um, in that quiet desperation and everything, I found myself just like stuck. I didn't know who I was. You know, it was always Chris and Tammy, Chris and Tammy, Chris and Tammy. I'm like, who am I? I lost my sense of humor because when I was funny, she thought it was stupid. And so for that first year after that relationship, I really had to go back and reset the foundation of who Christopher was, what my beliefs were, what my truths were, what it is that I really wanted out of a relationship and really did the work on myself. I had never truly had healed myself. So that's the first basis of the conversation tonight. Do you love yourself? Yes or no? I want you to answer that question. Do you love yourself? Yes or no? And the reason why I asked that question is over the last couple of years during COVID, I started giving out these complimentary coaching sessions, you know, just to keep people elevated and keep their spirits up and, and help them solve one of their problems that they had going on. And in that, those conversations, in those Zoom calls, I started seeing a pattern on the screen. And so people were frustrated about different things. Of course, relationships being one of them, especially what was going on the divisiveness and everything. And so I started seeing this pattern. So I started asking people, I'm like, do you love yourself? Yes or no? And I quite honestly, I figured that most people were going to go, oh, yeah, Chris, what kind of fucking question is that? Of course, I love myself. Um, but here's a surprising thing. People are like, mm, yeah, for the most part. Or, oh, wow, you never really thought about that. Or, no, I don't. I guess I don't. And we had some great conversations during that. But that's first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have effective relationships, you got to love yourself right? If you're walking into a relationship and you're hoping, wishing, and praying that somebody else is going to go complete a part of you that's missing or complete a part of you that's suffering or anything else, you're setting yourself for disappointment and frustration. So the first part of that is self-love. Do you love yourself? Yes or no. And then what are your expectations of a particular relationship? Uh, most often times we get into it, it's exciting and it's thrilling and it's everything else, but then it starts to wear off. And what we're ultimately left with is what was my expectation out of this? Oh, my expectation that it was going to be perfect. My expectation that it wasn't going to have any problems or my expectation was it was going to have some problems, but I didn't address what those potential problems were. So one of the first and foremost things you can do is, is really identify what your expectations are before you even get into a relationship. What is it that you're expecting? And for me, once I got out of that marriage, that was an important aspect of what it is that I did before I went into any other relationships. What are my expectations with this person? This person is a single mom of two. Okay, do I expect that person to have all the free time in the world? No. Am I going to be disappointed if I if I can't have time with her because she has you know to take care of her kids? Well, if I didn't set that expectation, if I didn't really have that conversation with myself, yeah, I might be butthurt. I'm like, wow, she's always spending time with her kids. You know, she doesn't make any time for me. You hear people say that all the time. What were your expect expectations? And then the second aspect of that, were they realistic? Were they realistic? The third part of that is, did you communicate them with the other person? So if you get nothing else out of this conversation tonight, ladies and gentlemen, whether it's a work relationship, a friendship, an intimate relationship, whatever type of relationship it is, understand what it is that you expect out of that individual. Understand what it is, is you expect out of yourself. Communicate those. And then here's the other more, more, more important part. If your expectations aren't being met, check in with that person and make sure. I'll tell you another story. In my current relationship with my wife, um, we started having difficulties. We've been together for 20 years and we've had challenges over off and on throughout the years. I'm not going to lie. 
And there was this one point where I was really deep into expectations. I was doing some expectations um, work at, at, at my work. And I thought, and it was really effective. So I thought I'm going to do this with her. So I took her out to dinner and I said, what are your expectations for me? We've never really talked about this. What are your expectations for me? Because I know you're frustrated. So let's talk about that. And let's talk about if they're realistic and let's talk about what I can do to fulfill those expectations if it's possible. And so I remember we sat at the spaghetti factory and I listed out eight expectations and I said, okay, here's my, here's my promise. Here's my commitment to you is that I'm going to go back and I'm going to work on these. I want to really try to be effective at giving you more attention and, and doing all these different things that she put down on the expectations list. And guess what started to happen? We started having more conversations. She started feeling happier. She started responding differently. I started feeling better. It's all a ripple effect, ladies and gentlemen. And here's the other thing aspect about that. I thought that she was doing things on purpose to frustrate me. But the deal was it was in reaction to the things that I was doing that were upsetting her, but she wasn't telling me about it. And I'm going to show you a book in a second. That's going to, that's going to help you with that as well. Um, when I get to the book section of this presentation. So, um, yes. So expectations are massive communicating them, being realistic. And then what we did as we went on in the relationship, is I would check in with her. How are, how am I doing in this expectation? How am I doing? That? Well, you know, you could do better with this, or maybe if you tried this and in some situations, I'm like, okay, you're kind of expecting more out of me. You're, you're kind of comparing me to something you're seeing in a movie. You're kind of comparing me to what your, your, your friend's boyfriend or, or husband is. I'm not that individual. So to be able to have those conversations and be honest and open and vulnerable is paramount. If you want to have effective relationships. And so many times I see the fact that people aren't honest. You know, when people tell me they're frustrated today, even with the people that were, I was conversating with about this, I'm like, have you communicated that honestly to your partner? No, Chris, I need to, but they always get resentful and they always get reactionary and they always get this. So I just don't ever want to do it. And then my next question is, okay, what do you expect to change? That's going to not frustrate you anymore. Well, I know what you're saying, but, and I'm like, okay, we'll continue to run around in circles, hoping, wishing, and praying that something's going to change. You got to have those vulnerable conversations. You got to be open and honest. So expectations are super huge because if you don't, then what are you doing? If you don't, if you don't perfectly, purposely spell it out, then you have an assumption. You have an assumption. Oh, you should have known to do that. How many times have we heard that? Well, I thought you knew I, you should have known. I had a situation like that too, in my relationship with her. Uh, she was frustrated. One time she came back from a business trip and I was really surprised that she was frustrated, but she's, I expected you to do this and I expected this. And I was like, okay, I had, did not know anything like that. I did all these other things to make sure you were happy when you got home, but I didn't know that. So here, let me explain something to you moving forward. And I was very explicit about this. I'm like, just because I, I seem to know a lot of things about a lot of other things. One of the things I will tell you is I will see the things that people don't see, but I will miss the shit that's right in front of me. God's honest truth. And I told her that I said, so if you expect something from me, what I would like from you is to be able to say, Hey, you know what, when I come back from a business trip and you know, I'm sitting in traffic, it would be really nice. It would make me feel so special. If you, if you met me out in the driveway with a glass of wine and, and had a bath ready for me, God, that would make me feel so special. Like, and so I told her that I said, let me know those things. Don't just say you should know. And she's like, well, in some respects you should know. And I'm like, okay, how does that work out for you? If I don't know, and you think I should know who's going to be the frustrated one you are. And then I'm going to be the frustrated one because I'm not going to feel like I'm doing enough to make you happy. So that cyclical thing is going to be that response situation, the reaction versus the responding that's going to get us into trouble. So make sure that you're not doing that. Make sure you're not, you're not making those assumptions and that you're just actively, honestly communicating openly and vulnerably that will give you the most best, the best relationships. Trust me. I'm going to grab some of these, uh, these, these comments here just for a second. What's up, beautiful people. Hello. Hello. 
sell low. Um, Jacqueline says here, uh, we can all change the world by how we act, think, feel, and do what we think is just right to make this world a better place to live in. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got Robert in the house. What's up, Robert? He says, sorry, I'm late, dude. I was caught in the good vibe of Doug Wing's book launch campaign. No problem, brother. You got it. You got it. I'm thankful for you to be in here. You're always here. Misfits for life. Got yeah, Ray in the house. He says, good evening, Misfits for life from Louisiana. Relationships means move cross country. <laughs> good job, brother. I'm proud of you, man. Let me know what's going on. Let me know how you're doing with that. All right. So here's a couple of things that I want to just really get out of the way and just talk about. Um, is uh, one of the situations when we get into those conversations is something I love to talk about is the reaction versus the response, right? How many times have we been in a, in a, in a conversation with somebody, whether it's a personal relationship, a, an intimate relationship, a work relationship, where something has been said that triggers us to have a reaction versus a response? That fight or flight situation takes into place into our, into our subconscious, into our, our physiology. And guess what we're going to do? If, if you say something to me that causes me to react, what do you think? And it puts me in a, a fight or flight situation. What are the two consequences of, of that going to happen? I'm either going to run or I'm going to fight. And guess what? If you put me in a reactionary state, I'm going to come back because I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to be sitting there and say, okay, you're trying to prove me wrong. Now here, let me prove you wrong. And we know exactly what that, where that leads to. So one of the biggest tips of advice I have is to really sit back. And this, this is the one that takes a lot of skill. When somebody says something that's potentially triggering to you, stop, stop, think, okay, what am I making this to mean about me? Am I taking this personal? What questions can I ask to seek additional clarification? And if nothing else, sit there and say, you know what, what you just said gave me a reason to just pause and think, can I get back to you on this? Can I get back to you on this? Rather than reacting and causing a bunch of a snowball shitstorm of, of everything else. And like, well, you this and you this, um, take a pause, take a beat. I can't tell you how many times since I've learned this where I've just simply sat and went, you know what? I can see that you're frustrated. I can see you're very passionate about this in order for us to have a great conversation to really, to move forward from this and, and to learn from this and grow from this. I'm going to ask to have a beat. I'm going to ask to have a couple of hours, a, a day to be able to think about what it is that you said so I can come back and not react. I'll be honest with it, but I'm, I, I, want, I don't want to react. I'm feeling some, I'm feeling some emotions, right? From some emotions right now. So allow me time to process what it is that you said. And if you feel there's a different way that you could say it, cause I know you're emotional right now, please consider how you can say that to where it won't be as, as, as reactionary causing as it was. Um, one of those things that we could do that I find is the, the, the words that we use, right? When you, when you think about, if I tell you, God, you always do this, you always forget to take the trash out. You always forget to tell me you love me. You always do that. What is your, what is your, what is your emotional physiology? When I just say that out loud right now, you always, no, I don't No, I don't. You're it's, it's like when we think about our parents, again, going back to that conditioning process that I talked about before goes back there, right? We talked about that. You're the feelings, the feelings create our actions. So in that situation, if I tell you, you always do this, uh, -uh and you're going to sit there and try to figure out ways to prove that you don't, I'm going to defend myself. I don't always do that. The other word that's very critical in, in relationships is never, you never, you never, you never, you always, you never, you always, you never, that is, that is an absolute statement. Always and never is an absolute statement. So when you say that you never do that, well, I took the trash out last week. 
So now I just found a hole in your thing. So now I'm curious and wondering what, a, what, what are your, what is your expectation? What is your perception of what it is that I'm doing? If you're sitting there, you always, you always, you never, you never. That's crazy. Ask people to really consider what word choices they're using. And especially for us, if you feel like you're getting into that state where you're going to start using reactionary words or inflammatory words, catch yourself, catch yourself. I can, there's been many times where I'm like, Ooh, and I'll tell us, I'm like, I feel I'm getting a little heated right now. So in order for us to have effective relationships, I'm going to take a beat and think about how I can constructively word this. So it doesn't cause us to wind up in a fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that even goes into another, another aspect that I teach is happy versus right. Like I told you before, my mom, um, went through her entire life having to be right. So what does that do? If I'm right, there's only one person that can be right at a time. So that makes you wrong. And so when I make you wrong, guess what? You're going to prove me wrong. And that's just going to be that, that continuous cycle of destruction in the relationship. So there have been many times in my life in personal relationships, friendships, everything where I know I could be right and I know it and I could prove them wrong. But I ask myself, will this really matter in five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks? Is this really something, you know, I talk about this other aspect of, uh, win the battle, but lose the war. Think about that. You can win the battle, but lose the war. I'm not interested in proving people wrong for shit that really doesn't matter. I'm not interested in collecting notches on my belt about how many times I was right versus how many times you were wrong. I'm interested in making sure people feel comfortable. I'm interested in making sure people feel trusted and loved and respected and cared for. So in those situations, that's why we have to be careful of the words and, and how we are reacting to something. Because again, it's probably going back to some emotional trigger that, that comes from our childhood. I know that when people talk to me in a certain way, it reminds me of my mother. And I will immediately tell myself in my, in my head, I'm like, there's a trigger. That's a mother trigger. That's a mother trigger. Um, this person is not my mother. Um, I can ask them to talk to me differently, or I can just sit there and say, okay, this isn't my mother. I don't have to react this way. Um, this person's different from me and that's okay. So again, just thinking about that, um, because we can get into those situations where we can get defensive and, and try to prove ourselves and everything else, because that's what we're told when we're kids, you know, when you're right, you're good. When you're wrong, you're bad. And I don't want to be wrong. I, I'm, you know, the ego. I mean, we won't even get into the, to the, to the, I could do a whole show on the ego based on relationships, but you guys know when you have that egoic kind of sense of arrogance and you're right. And you, we've all seen those people. Do we want to engage in conversation with those people? Do we want to really have relationships with those people? No. And sometimes we have relationships with those people because, ah, they remind us of our parent, right? You've heard the story about sometimes we date people that resemble our mother or our father, there's a reason behind that. Again, going back to that conditioning process that creates our feelings and our actions. Think about that for a second. That's super important. Um, one of the things and aspects of that also is, um, you guys have heard me talk about it before, but it bears repeating big time. One of the biggest tools and lessons I have learned in my life to make me successful and to allow me to have, to make, to have amazing relationships is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so often in my life before I was all about being understood. I wanted to be understood because the God's honest truth for me still to this day, I hate being misunderstood, hate it. I have people misunderstand me sometimes. And it's just like, Oh my God, no, 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 I don't no, no, no. That's not, that's not what I'm about. That's not what I'm about. You got to seek first to understand Stephen Covey talks about in his book, seven habits of highly effective people. Um, that alone, just being able to understand, like if I'm, I'm feeling some snarkiness from somebody, I will reach out. Hey, I get an impression that you're not feeling so good. Is there something that I've done that potentially could be causing this way that you're feeling? Can you please talk to me and, and tell me honestly what's going on? Seek first to understand where is this coming from? 
You know, think about the questions that you can ask. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Instead of just responding or reacting, hey, tell me more about that. Where where did this originate? What type, where did this, where did these beliefs originate from? And I keep asking those questions rather than giving my my version or or responding or anything else. I want to know as much information from that person, where it is that they're coming from and where it is this is triggered from so I can better understand the root of where it is they're coming from. Because so oftentimes we're dealing with the symptom. We're dealing with this fluffy shit up top, up top. Let's get to the root. Where's the root? And again, most of it will come from conditioning process that people will tell you about, you know, as a teacher, it was this, it was that, it was a first boyfriend, it was a friend, whatever it was, they'll be able to go back and tell you where that originated from. And then when you get really good, you can ask them, so what would happen if you shifted your perspective about that relationship, about that triggering event? What would happen if you shifted your perspective about that in the way that you deal with people now? Ooh, yeah. Ask people that. Ask people that. What would it feel like? What would it feel like if you no longer blamed your parents for all the, the bad relationships that you had? What would happen? What would happen if you started accepting responsibility? What would happen if you shifted your perspective now to realize that everything happened in life before it was happening for you to teach you the lessons to get you to the spot where you're at today? What about that? Um, grab some comments here before I go on. Uh, la, 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 la. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, let's see, Kelly says, sometimes that's hard to do. You know what? Sometimes it really is. But guess what? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's sometimes hard. Things are hard. Things are challenging. Yes, of course they are. But on the other side of that, when you deal with it, when you get to the root, it's worth it. You know, even to the point, just to be so, so bold as to say this, if you get to a situation in a relationship where you're so frustrated, but you're not being honest, you got to look in the mirror and ask yourself why you're doing that to yourself. And you have to ask yourself, what would be the worst thing that would happen if I just called a spade a spade and just said, hey, here, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Yeah. Let me, the person may say, fuck off and die. You know, I don't want to have a relationship with you anymore. Guess what? You have your answer. And then you can spend the next year, two years, whatever it is, how long, how long over time you've been in a relationship. You can use that time to say thank you to that person for showing their true colors that they don't really care about the relationship. And that time you can work on yourselves, work on yourself as you grow. And as you learn to love yourself and have worthiness and everything else, the next relationship that you have can be so, so much better. But so oftentimes we don't tell the truth. We're not honest with ourselves and we hope, wish, and pray that the other person's going to somehow get it and then make us happy and do all the things that we want them to do. It's not going to happen. You got to be honest. And the first part of being honest is being honest with yourself, being honest with yourself. So many times when I was coaching in relationships big time, and I still do it to this day, people weren't being honest. I'm like, tell me on a scale of one to 10, how sure, how, how sure you are this relationship is the one that you want six, seven. Okay. Um, then why are you still here? Why are you still here? Time is so short. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hoping, wishing and praying that somebody's going to change and make you happy and fill a void that you have going on in yourself, you're headed for heartbreak. You're headed for disappointment. You're headed for complacency. You're headed for mediocrity. You're headed for regret, regret, right? I've had not boasting and not being a slut or anything. I've had a lot of relationships. I've had three or four very serious relationships in my life. But I'm very, I'm very blessed to be able to say that I, in those relationships that I had that were maybe for a couple of months or six months or whatever it was, when I got honest with myself and realized that that person was not going to be the person for me, I was honest. I was honest and say, hey, you know what? Listen, I love you. I think you're a great person. We have a lot of good times together, but I just don't feel like this is going to be a permanent thing. And yeah, it sucks and it hurts and it's hard and they cry and da, 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 da. Life goes on. 
I could tell you about three different experiences where I did that. And the person came back and thanked me. They were totally in love with me. They thanked me because now they met the person that really completed them. Just because I was a good guy and I was a nice guy and fun and all this other stuff, that doesn't make me the ideal person for, for a long-term relationship, right? So when you think about what Kelly says, you know, sometimes it's hard to do, but God, it's worth it. I've been in a relationship with my wife now for 20 years. We've been married for 14 years. Has it been easy? No, there's been lots of challenges, but guess what? It's worth it. And we continue to work on it by being honest and going, we've gone to counseling. We've done all sorts of different things. We're always open about where it is that we're at and continuing to, to want to work on making it better. Um, so that is part of the, that's part of, um, you know, the process you have to go to, but yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's always going to be worth it. Um, I have no idea what that is. I think that's some sort of spam or something like that. Uh, let's see. Robert says here, my grandpa lived until 98. He often said he had no idea he would ever live so long. Well, that has a lot of bearing in our relationship conversation. Um, <laughs> what's up, Robert? You're funny. Uh, Nelly in the house. She says, I have those conversations with myself when I get those trigger comments from people. Good. Awesome. 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 And that's important, you know, as an aspect, a side note from this, write down what it is that triggers you, right? I mean, how about being proactive and just taking out a piece of paper and just writing out, okay, here are my triggers. Like for me, when somebody says you always, you never, that's a trigger. When somebody says stupid in the same sentence as using me, that's another trigger. Um, when I'm misunderstood and somebody doesn't want to listen to me, that's a trigger. So I know that when those things are coming up, that I got to pump the brakes ask clarifying questions, not take it personal, and then come back when I'm not as emotionally charged and be able to tell that person, okay, when you speak to me in that manner, this is what it does. This is what, this is the memories that it conjures up. So in the future, if you could please address it differently, I would love for that. And that way I can approach you differently and we can resolve this matter and get to the root of that. Um, so yes, yes, yes. Um, being able to do that. Uh, Kelly says seven habits of effective people. Yes, yes, yes. If you've not read that book, Jesus Christ, people get it. You hear me talk about it all the time. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Jock in the house. He says, what have I missed? What have you missed? Well, you missed 33 minutes of brilliance. <laughs> uh, it's all right, Jock. You're awesome. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, Ray says here, compromise is essential in any relationship. Yes. You got to compromise. You got to have, uh, you got to, you got to make sure the compromise is healthy and it's even, you know, sometimes I hear people saying we compromise, we compromise. And I'm like, okay, tell me about the things you compromised. And they'll tell me 17 things. And I'm like, tell me what the other person compromised these three things. And then they try to defend that other person when they're not being, their needs aren't being fulfilled. So you got to stop doing that stuff. You know, guys, you got to, you got to be able to have the sense of confidence. This is what I teach the sense of the self-confidence um, to be able to call out what needs to be called out, have those conversations, be honest, be vulnerable, but also stand your ground and say, Hey, this is really important to me. This is what makes me feel whole and complete. This is what I need. This is the thing I need you to, to address and work on. Otherwise we're going to have to have other conversations. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with it straight on. Um, because I see so many people hoping, wishing and praying that it's going to change and it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and then there's always so, all sorts of excuses. Well, maybe when this happens, when the kids are out of the house and this, no, no, if you're not happy, you tr you truly know in your, your heart of hearts where, where it is that you're coming from in, and even personal friendships as well. We haven't really touched on that, but I've got friends that I've known for over 30 years and we've changed and it's okay. It's not like, I don't like the person anymore, but we've changed. And, and I firmly believe, and you guys heard me talk about this, that people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. 
a reason, a season, or a lifetime. So when people are coming to your life, ask yourself, what is this person supposed to be teaching me? What am I supposed to learn from this? And then how can I use this to move on to have more effective relationships or, or be a better person myself, right? Um, that is uh, that is super important. Um, doo, 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 uh, Jock says, you need to balance yourself in your relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that's one thing that I learned, you know, going back to what we talked about in the beginning of the show, when I lost my identity, in the relationships after that, I really made it a point to identify what I wanted in a person, right? I actually did this exercise where I wrote down what the person looked like, uh, what their interests were, but more importantly, the big thing for me is freedom. I want freedom. I don't want somebody who's clingy. I don't want people asking me where it is that I'm going all the time. I don't want somebody to spend all their time with me. I don't want to go shopping with people. I want to spend time, but I also really truly, in my heart of hearts, believe you got to have separate lives. You know, out of being married that first time, Chris and Tammy, Chris and Tammy, I didn't, yeah, I couldn't go anywhere. You know, she didn't trust me. Um, she was insecure. Uh, we were young, you know, not that she's a bad person, but it was just a lot of different things. So I just didn't do anything that, that made me me. And so my intention from every relationship moving forward is to say, okay, here are the most important aspects of, of what's important to me. Um, and so I made sure that I did that. Um, and now I'm in an awesome relationship where I get that freedom. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. <laughs> uh, Darlene says you broke their hearts. Eh, you know, I didn't break their hearts necessarily. I may have broken it at the time, but now their hearts are healed. And I know one of them, especially she's married and, and super awesome and loves it. Uh, we're still friends, but, um, yeah, it's all worth it. Robert says here, those were some tough conversations. Absolutely. But they're worth it. Jock says, Hey, Robert, I hope you're doing well this evening. I missed that one. Um, Kelly says, this is great advice, Chris. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, we're not even done yet. I got to speak faster because I want to get some more stuff in here. Uh, but anyway, um, one of the things when, when I'm, when I'm thinking about challenging conversations and challenging relationships for me, especially in the workplace, I found, and this actually works in personal relationships as well, but in the workplace, this helped for me a lot was dealing with my boss. I had one of my bosses when I was in corporate, um, he was new. He had a different perspective on things, a different, you know, again, going back to going back to the conditioning, right. Going back to this thing we talked about in the beginning, he had a different attitude and different feelings and different actions about how leadership should be, uh, how things should be ran, you know, came from a different school of things. So for me, it was very frustrating because I had already been there, already had set routines and this guy was coming in there and moving my cheese, but the way he was doing, it was pissing me off just to be blunt. So one of the, the actions that I started implementing in my life, and I've talked about how important this is in other areas, but I started visualizing my conversations with him before I started having them. So if I was going to go in and have my monthly meeting with him, I would take 10, 15 minutes and just periodically just kind of go back through my mind and just see myself. Okay. I'm in his office. I'm feeling comfortable. I know he's going to come across with this attitude and, and these pointed questions. So here I can see myself being calm. I can see myself saying, Oh, Hey David, that's a great way. You know, I can just see that. And so I would rehearse in my mind, having those conversations so that when I was in his, in his office, it felt like it already happened. And it kind of gave me that pause. Like, Oh, yep. Here he goes with that. Okay. This is where I remember I'm going to take a breath. Then I'm gonna be able to say, you know what? That's a great question. Uh, let me get back to you on that. If it's something that's controversial or something I didn't know, or he was trying to put me on the pin for something, then I would just, I would see that. So I've done that a few times in my personal relationships as well. But when you do that, your body, your body doesn't know real reality from perceived reality. So when you think about having a bad dream, you know, when you wake up from a bad dream, your body physically feels like you have been there, right? You know, I've, I've had dreams where I'm falling and I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And you think that you already did it. You think that you did your body does, but it doesn't know the difference because it's what was created in your mind. 
So what I'm trying to say is when you create that in your mind over and over again, especially for, you know, setting your goals and, and the things you want to achieve in your life, act as if, you know, act as if roll that shit in your mind constantly. See yourself, see yourself standing tall and being confident when you're speaking to people, you know, do that exercise every time a couple of times a day and to see yourself. Okay. I'm going to walk over and have this conversation with somebody. I see myself being tall and, and standing confident and feeling great about this and, and speaking clearly, whatever it is for you, visualize that shit because then your body can start to get in that automatic process of really kind of feeling that and determining that. So that's one of the things that I do. Another facet that I do in relationship coaching and, and getting to the, the other side of things is role-playing. And I'm not talking about sex in the bedroom. I mean, that's fine, but role-playing. So if I know, um, I've done this for, for my clients, they'll sit there and say, okay, I've got this boss or I've got this person. And so I'll become that person and kind of just set the triggers off for that person. And then we role play through it, how that she can, um, change the perspective on it or change the conversation for herself and be able to kind of just think about things and we can break it down as we're having the conversation of what's being perceived and what's being expected and kind of get to the root of the situation. So, uh, again, role-playing is super, super important in what it is that you're doing. Um, one of the questions that I got, let me make sure that I get that, um, that we had, um, somebody said, letting somebody actually love me the way I know I deserve to be loved because of my past in the way that things have happened. I feel like I don't deserve to be loved or I'm not worthy of love and just the common decency of a health, healthy relationship. So thank you for that question. I'm not going to say who that came from. Um, but again, when you think about that, that comes back to worthiness. That comes back to what we were talking about before about self-love. If you love yourself hundred percent, if you love yourself on a scale of one to 10, 10 being absolute, then that's where it all starts. So if you're walking into a relationship and you're expecting somebody to fill that void, that's where you're going to be disappointed. So for me in my relationships, before I would get into another serious relationship back before I was married, I would really make sure that any situations that I had, any deficiencies that I had in my emotions or, or my mindset around relationships or around myself and my own self-confidence that I did that work even to the point of going to seek counseling on my own. I've seen counselors and psychiatrists all my life. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, I think it's awesome. So if you have something that's unfulfilled, if you have something about your childhood that's not healed, for God's sakes, go get that shit healed, right? So when you think about that, so if you're going into that relationship and you're not having um, that, if you're not, if you're not expecting that person to love you and to fill that, then what you're going to be doing is you're going to be activating your, your reticular activation system, which is basically your subconscious's way of finding the fact that you won't be um, uh, felt to be decent. You won't be felt to be loved because you're going to be sabotaging other things because you don't necessarily feel it in your core of who you are, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and one of those aspects of that is forgiveness and empathy. So when you're thinking about worthiness and you're thinking about, um, you know, being in a healthy relationship, one of those aspects is, is empathy and forgiveness for yourself. And I know people have had situations in their life where when I was coaching them, they, there was, there was a sense of mistrust in the relationship. And I would ultimately find out that that person had a, an affair, but they never told anybody about it and they didn't forgive themselves about it. So there was still this, this awkwardness, like they said, they didn't trust other people, but we know that we often don't like in ourselves what we don't like in others. So I would start digging in that and find out that there was some mistrust issues of that person. So if there's been situations in your life where you've done something that you're not proud of or you're embarrassed about or whatever that might be holding you back, that's kind of sticking in your subconscious, get that shit out. 
go see a therapist, go talk to a friend, you know, be honest with yourself, journal, get that stuff out. Because what's going to happen is if you're going into a relationship and you're thinking that because you've been screwed over in all the other relationships that this next one's going to screw you over, you're going to be focusing on that. You're going to be looking for all those things. Oh, see, you did another thing that didn't make me happy. Oh, see, you did another thing that screwed me over. See, there's all the writing on the wall. And then what you do is you create those actions and those feelings in that other person, because now you're not trusting them. So now they're going to be like, okay, what the fuck's going on? So now you're, you started the, the, the process of creating this vicious cycle of things that are happening that are being caused by you, but you think that that person is causing it. So you got to get clear with yourself. You got to get right with yourself. Apologize, have empathy, have forgiveness. If there's been in a relationship that you fuck somebody over, get on the horn and apologize to them. And here's, here's the other thing about apologies. I want to make very clear tonight. This is one thing I definitely want to make clear just to say, oh, I'm sorry is nothing is nothing. Uh, who was it? Uh, Randy Pausch, Randy Pausch almost sounds like Roush, Randy Prouch. He did, um, something that was really awesome. It was called the last lecture. If you've never heard of it, if you haven't read the book, you haven't seen the video, go Google the last lecture by Randy Pausch. And in that he talks about the apology and he says, there's three parts to an apology. I'm sorry. It was my fault. And the most important part, what can I do to make it better? When you think about the times you've apologized in your life, what have you done? Oh, hey, I'm sorry I did that. I promise I won't do it again. Okay, let's see if you're not going to do it again. But when you sit there and you really take to heart an apology and you're heartfelt and you mean it and you say that and then you act upon that and you provide validation, that healing in your body and that healing in your, your heart is going to help you trust other relationships. You know, for me, when I sit there and I, and I see people doing this, they're like, well, I'm never going to trust anybody again. Then they sit there and they'll fold their arms. They'll I'm not going to trust anybody again. I'm like, do you expect to ever have a healthy relationship? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, and I'm like, well, then you're not, you're not. If you're sitting there, you're holding other people accountable and responsible for shit that happened in the past. You're opening the door for sabotaging yourself and your happiness. You're opening the door to prove that person wrong or right. in whatever perspectives that you're having about that. So really think about that empathy and forgiveness aspect for yourself because self-love is the first love. And if you're not happy, if you're not jiving, if you don't feel like you look great and do, then focus on yourself. That's the thing I really want to get across tonight. There's so many people out there right now, hurt people, hurt people. we got divisiveness and finger pointing and bitching and all this other stuff. Heal with, heal with what's within and go get therapy. Go, go get yourself treated to make sure that you're dealing with that. It's powerful stuff, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Um, so that's, I hope I answered that question for, for you as far as, you know, um, uh, feeling loved and deserved, you know, it starts, do you love yourself? Yes or no. And I can promise you there's probably some areas in there that you could love yourself better, forgive yourself for things, um, and kind of work through that stuff. So whatever I could do in particular with that particular question, you know, hit me up and I'm glad to help you on that. Um, let's see what, what are we doing on time? Oh, geez. Um, let's see. What was the other question? Um, yeah. I mean, and speaking about that, you know, as far as, you know, potentially sabotaging a future relationship, um, one of the aspects of it that I really want to focus on, I kind of said it before is your energy flows where your focus goes. So again, if you're looking for stuff that that's going to be wrong, you're going to find it. And if you're looking for stuff that's great, then you're going to find it. So my intention for you is to make sure that you're looking for the right things and that you're having those open and honest conversations because, um, if you're not, then you're lying to yourself. And if you're lying to yourself, you're lying to the other person. If there's lying and distrust, whether it's spoken or unspoken, your, your body and your physiology are going to feel it. And it's going to ripple out into the other relationships that you're having because you're going to be secretly desperate. You know, I, I can't, I don't want another, I know the, I don't know another way to say it. 
I have so many things that are trying to get across in my brain right now. Um, so what's Kelly saying here? She goes, uh, shoot, I've got to go. Oh, this is really good. Thought provoking stuff. I hope I can watch the rest later. Thank you so much, Chris. You are very much appreciated. Absolutely. Kelly, you got it. The replays live forever. They're always on YouTube. You guys can always go check them out. So thank you, Kelly, for being here. Um, what do I want to get across in the last bit of time? Um, yeah. Um, the other aspect is, 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 is hearing versus listening. This is a big thing that I see in, in relationships. I see what's called selective hearing disorder and I see it a lot lately. And this is probably one of the big last points that I want to get across is when people are talking first and foremost, don't interrupt people. I mean, me as a host, sometimes I have to interrupt people and it bugs the shit out of me because I hate interrupting people, but effectively what you're doing when you're not truly listening, you may be hearing what somebody's saying, but when you're truly listening to somebody, then you're able to sit there and say, back to them in your own words, what it is that you heard. And again, when I think back on my life and the tools that I've learned to have effective relationship, have awesome relationships, that is such a big one. That is such a big one because when I have learned not to interrupt and then to actually truly listen and then paraphrase back to somebody what they said, the feeling of, of trust that that person has for me and that feeling of appreciation that I really truly cared to figure out where it is that they were coming from wholeheartedly, has changed all my relationships in those situations where there was some conflict or something going on that wasn't just right. Um, and going that deeper issue to be able to say, hey, listen, here's what I understand you to be saying. So many people don't do that. And so when we hear that for ourselves. We're like, oh my God, you heard me, right? Have you ever said to somebody, can you just please hear me? Or when, when somebody like tells you, like you tell a friend like, oh man, I feel like I'm being heard. That's one of the greatest feelings you could possibly get. But what often happens so, so many times is we sit there and we go, Oh, I know what they're going to say. And then you interrupt them and you complete their sentence for them. And then you go off into your thing. Do you know what that tells somebody? It tells somebody you don't fucking care what they're saying. That is like the immediate thing. It's like when somebody interrupts me, like, oh, Chris, I'm like, no, Chris, shut the fuck up. I'm not done. And I've done that with people. I'm not embarrassed to do that. I'm like, uh, 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 I said, okay, so you're reading my mind now. Well, I know what you're going to say to what the fuck I'm doing here. Right? So don't do that. Do not do that. Sit there and listen to somebody and say, Hey, you know, here's what I'm hearing you say, Jock. Here's what I'm saying. Here you say, Kelly, get that, get that, make sure you get, because if you don't get it right, guess what? If you make an assumption and then you go tackle the person and say, Oh, I've got this. They're going to probably shut down and go, you don't fucking care. You're not listening. You just want to get your point across. How many times have we all dealt with people like that? How many times? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, do not assume, do not make accusations and communicate and be able to sit there and say, okay, so here's what I understood. And then if that person didn't get it right, say, you know what? That was great. I appreciate you trying to, to really listen to this, but here's what I was trying to say. Or, or you could take responsibility and say, you know what? I can, and this is something I do. If somebody doesn't get it or I can see they don't get it, that's another responsibility we have to take in the, the sender receiver communication process is if, if I say something, excuse me, if I say something and I notice that you're not quite getting it and I just go, well, they didn't ask me if they didn't get it. So I'm just going to keep moving on. Be aware of the body language cues, especially because if you've done any research, you know that 85, about 80, 85% of all communication is body language. So when you're watching somebody, so, you know, you closed arms and like this, or, you know, when people are sitting there, if you're having a great conversation with somebody and they're doing this and looking at their phone, put your fucking phone down. You know, body language is massive, massive. And what happens when we're on social media? What happens when we're, we're sending emails and stuff like that? Th that 85% is gone. So everything that we're doing is we're watching those words and we're being triggered by them or something is happening. Don't do that. You know, one of the things that we can do 
really is to be able to um, listen to people and understand them and seek more information to, to be clear. Um, but in the same way, if we're defensive and we come back at that person, it, it, it repeats that vicious cycle I talked about earlier, where now we're just defensive and fighting and trying to prove each other wrong, which gets us nowhere. And I've had plenty of experiences with that. So when I think about that facet of it is body language, if you see somebody's not getting it, go back and say, Hey, listen, I can see that this, let me make sure I said this correctly and then say it in another way. And in some situations, if it's really um, important, ask that person, hey, just to make sure I, I, I said it correctly, can you repeat back to me what you understand from what I said? So as the sender in the communication process, we have to take responsibility for where we're at to make sure that that person's getting that message. And I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, especially in the corporate place where people would say something. I'm like, I'm like uh, the person like, you got it? And they're like, yeah, I got it. And I'm like, fuck, the person doesn't got it. And then they, the person, the boss walks out of the room. Like, do you know what he said? I'm like, I wasn't paying. Well, he was talking to you. He wasn't talking to me. Well, I think you know what he wants. Okay. Well, have fun with that guys. You gotta be, you gotta be honest. You gotta go back. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I was not paying the fuck all attention. So can you please repeat that back to me? I don't want to screw this up, but what do we do? We sit there and we heard, you know, 10 words of the 50 words the person said, and we put them all together and we have selective hearing disorder and we make an assumption and we go do it. And then we give it to the person and it was all wrong. They get mad. We get defensive. Well, you didn't tell me that's what you wanted. But I've seen people do that shit too. Well, that's not what you told me what you wanted. I'm like, in the back of my mind, I was sitting right there. It was, you didn't listen. Now you guys are all fuckered up in this relationship thing. Um, so you got to take responsibility for making sure that people understand where it is that you're communicating and coming from. Very, very important. I want to thank you guys for being here and hanging with me. Um, last part of the show, because I want to keep I want to keep this to um, to an hour. I want to you guys know I'm a studier. I'm a studier. So I want to share some books with you that have mad have had massive impact in my life. Um, so this one, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. Um, this is a no brainer book. Every person should have this book, The Five Love Languages. Um, for myself, I did not realize that we all have different love languages. And so when somebody, uh, I was having a challenge in my marriage, to be honest with you years ago. And so somebody said, get the five love languages. Uh, I got her copy and I said, let's both read this and then let's figure out, let's, let's, let's say, um, I'll, I'll tell her what her love language is and she'll tell me what mine is and we'll see if we got it right. What we found out is that we had our love languages wrong. So the five love languages, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta get that one. Robert says, I have this one. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Jock says, put my book up, put your book up. Um, I don't think I have your book in here, Jock. Um, I don't have Jock's book in here. It's actually by my bedside. So five love languages. That's another one. Here's another one. So you guys can tell I do my shit. This one is called crucial conversations tools for talking when the stakes are high. This one is by, um, this is, oh, the forward was written by Stephen Covey. That's pretty cool. Um, who's this written by Patterson, granny McMillan and Switzer. Uh, this is a, this is a great book too. New York Times bestseller. Um, again, crucial conversations, uh, tools for talking when the stakes are high. I want to make sure I got be that one. Um, this has been a great, great book. You know, and spent again speaking of my my relationships, this one is my most recent one that I've been digging into: the ADHD effect on marriage. Understand and rebuild your relationship in six steps. I want to read you a couple of things. This one, out of all the relationship books, aside from the Stephen Covey book, this one has been massive. Because my wife and I love each other and we're, 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 we're rooted in, in, in ever, doing everything right. But found out, I mean, I've been diagnosed with ADHD for years. I mean, we call it ADHD on crack. I mean, I'm spun like all, all sorts of tomorrow. But here's the thing we found out. Um, my wife has it too. 
she has a different version or a form of it. But he, once I found that out, I got this book. I found out there's a, there's a blog online. It was like ADHD and marriage or something like that. But here's one of the things I wanted to read to you. Um, because it, it really, it really clearly explained and showed us where the holes are missing in our relationship based on ADHD. It's not that we're doing things intentionally. It's just the, how we are wired. So this one says here on the emotional side of things, adults with ADHD have often spent their lives being cr critiqued by others. Even if it's well meant, uh, uh, you could have done so much better if you'd only try harder, uh, from a teacher, parent, or a friend really stings. If you know how hard you're already working, so to manage the distraction, organization, planning, and impulsivity. Over the course of many years, regular comments on ADHD underperformance lead to a hypersensitivity to criticism. A hypersensitivity to criticism. So I'm idiot. So when my wife does things and says certain things, I'm hypersensitive. It's not, and, and, and so we realize that that's part of this, this situation. And there's a great book out there by Dr. Gabor Mate, um, the, the ADHD effect or something like that. Uh, I'll, if you want that book, I'll, I'll send you the link to it. Amazing book. Just understanding how you are and where ADHD really comes from. I thought it was a, a, a physiology thing, and, and but no, it's a, it's a mindset thing. Really, um, I won't go into it right now, but I'll save you that. Uh, I just want to read you a couple more things because this book has been it's my it's my new baby. Um, uh, let's see. Talking about shame. Shame often triggers anger and defensiveness, which can shut down what ought to be a straightforward conversation before it even begun. Anger, stonewalling, and defensiveness can seem unreasonable to non-ADHD spouse who, not having experienced the same type of repeated bashing of the ego, doesn't understand or interpret it correctly. So again, this is not, this is like truly understanding the wiring of how we are uh, and being able to kind of step back. So I mean, this book is, is phenomenal. Um, the other thing I wanted to share with you out of this, uh, it says here, uh, it's based on something else that was being said, but it says Dan's distractibility was not in and itself a destructive characteristics. It was the combination of Dan's symptom and Maria's specific interpretation of that symptom that amplified the issue so that it became part of a larger symptom response process cycle of problems. Boom, 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 bam. This book is phenomenal. Um, the new book I'm reading because I'm continuing always about learning about relationships, conversations and whatnot. I just got this one the other day. Uh, cues master the secret language of charismatic communication, small signals, incredible impact. I watched this lady being interviewed on the Tom Billy, you show, um, last week. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So I haven't even dug into this one. So we got, we got more stuff to be able to learn and teach and everything else, but Ultimately, I really hope that you guys got value out of this conversation. Again, there were so many different ways that I could have gone based on how much uh, feedback I received and how many questions you guys asked me about that. So potential, I will do a, another show on this. Guys, let me know if you want that. Um, but yes, yes, yes. So um, there we have it. Jeez, 57 minutes and 58 seconds. I want to get this done in under an hour. Uh, I think, I think, I think Robert says here, I want to read that book. I have been diagnosed with this as well. Yes. Uh, phenomenal book, phenomenal book. And I'll, I'll tell you, Robert, the other one, uh, the Dr. Gabor Monte, there was another one he did called the drama of the gifted child. And again, again, like I started off at the beginning of the show, it starts with us. It starts with us. It starts with our perspective, our, our perspectives. It starts with our beliefs. It starts with our confidence. It starts with our ability to be honest and vulnerable, our, our, uh, intention and our desire to, to really work on what's going on with inside of us and be a whole person and be a complete person and be a loving person to ourselves and to other people. 
the other people in our relationships, whether they're friends or, or, or people at work, they deserve the best part of us. And when you think about the relationships that you have and you think about the things that you focus most of your time on, are you focusing on growing and expanding and learning and nurturing those relationships or are you taking them for granted? Mm, I see that a lot. I see that a lot. I see people that spend their entire day work focused, you know, everything's crazy. And then they go home and the people that are most important to them, they get the shittiest side of you. And I remember that for myself. I would be gone for 14 hours a day. I would come home and like, ah, this sucks and that sucks and da, da, da. Give your best customer service to the people that you love the most. Be there intentional for them. See what you can do in this conversation for yourself. Here's your homework. Go ask your friends, your spouse, people at work, what are your expectations of me? What are your expectations of me? Listen, write them down. Tell that person if they're realistic. Ask that person how uh, are some ways that you can fulfill those expectations and then get to work, get to work. But also more importantly from that, what do you expect from yourself? What do you do the work on yourself, accept responsibility. I wouldn't be sitting here today if I have not done the work, continue to do the work, have read thousands of books and hours of, of online classes and, and, and my master's degree and coaching um, and psychiatrists and, and therapists. I am thirsty to continue discovering what it is that I need to work on, how I need to grow, how I need to pivot um, so that I can be a better coach, a better dad, a better person, a better father, a better husband for everybody in my life. And that's my intention every single day. And I really want to see that for this world, man, please, please, please. With the people that you're having frustrated, frustrated conversations with, don't just say you're not going to follow them anymore. Don't just kick them to the curb. Don't go move to Florida just because you want to be like everybody else. Don't move to Texas because you want to be like everybody else. Stop. If you don't understand something or you don't agree with somebody, ask them, tell me more about that. I'm having those conversations online. Now I see people posting stupid shit. I'm like the gas prices. I'm like, so tell me more about that. What would you like to see happen for us to overnight drop those gas prices? What would you like to see? And I'm finding out people's expectations are, are bullshit. And it's just a frustration thing that they want what they want when they want it. And it's all about them. So again, go out there, have those, have those conversations. Whatever I can do to support you, please let me know. Please let me know because my intention is to heal the world, make it a more beautiful place, um, give it a place for our kids and our kids' kids to grow up in and, uh, and truly um, just have a fucking kick-ass life. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I love you guys. Stay kick-ass unstoppable. I appreciate you. I love you. Um, Darlene says, good night, guys. Hate uh, leaving a good time. Appreciate you, Darlene. You are awesome. Uh, Robert says here, um, uh, you are the top 10, Christopher. Thank you so much, Robert. I appreciate you guys. And, um, yeah, I love you guys. We'll see you here next Tuesday, 7 PM Pacific standard time, your place for run and scripted conversations with myself, Christopher Roush, your no excuses coach. I love you guys. Peace. Stay classy. Sit.